0: Taste of Country Nights On Demand, episode 64 with Caroline Jones, the newest member of the Zac Brown Band. What's it like touring with such a big band?
1: I mean, by the time you get to the Zac Brown Band level, like they they have trucks and they have trailers and they have and everything. But someone has to organize that and someone has to figure out, Okay, we have a private show in Milwaukee and then we have tour next day in New York. So, like, do we move this rig? Like, how the heck do we do that? You know what I mean? Like, because it's one thing to fly with one guitar, but it's another thing when you have a a trailer of gear that can only be moved at the speed of a car of a
0: car you know we had a lot of fun talking to caroline jones she has an interesting career and she's on a huge path to success she went from opening up for the zach brown band like 10 years ago to being in the zach brown band come check out this full podcast thank you so much for listening if you could give us a like and a subscribe and rating and all that stuff it helps us out here at taste of country nights on demand it's Evan Paul here on Taste of Country Nights on Demand. We're hanging out with Caroline Jones. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Uh, it was so, it's so good to see you. I was just telling you I was watching you on TV uh, on the CMA Awards performing with Zach Brown Band, and you just announced that you're actually becoming a part of the Zach Brown Band. Correct?
1: Yes, I'm an official Zach Brown Band member now.
0: What was that like hearing about that?
1: Well. It sounds like a dream come true when you say it like that, but it's been an organic evolution over the past five years. I started opening for them in 2017 and started touring in their band last year, post-pandemic. And so I've been touring with them on and off for five years as their opening act and in the band. And so it ended up being just a natural evolution. And really, we only made it an announcement so that people would know that I'm continuing my own career and touring with Zach Brown band so that there's no confusion about that, obviously, because I have my my solo country career. So we wanted to make it official. And also it's a huge honor for me and and seal of validation to be part of an official part of their
0: tribe. And are you on some of the vocals with them as well? Does that change the dynamic having a a female vocal? In in the vocals of the Zach Brown band, is that? That's is a it, great
1: question. Is it audible? It is if they turn me up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm 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 in the mix there. You can definitely hear it. I I will never forget the first time I ever sang with them live in a room because it's one thing to sing with them on stage. It's another thing to hear all their voices in a room, all their harmonies. Because you know, on stage. Zach's voice is obviously much louder than everyone else's. Everyone else's um, voices are textured three-part harmony, you know, like like many harmony bands that are background band's heroes. And so hearing them all sing in a room when they're all at the same volume, really, because it's just all humans singing together uh. is incredible. I'll never forget that feeling. And so I get to do it with them every night now, which is so cool during vocal warmups. But I think it does change the dynamic just because my voice you know, I though I always joke that the one thing I have that no one else in the Zach Brown band has is a few octaves. You know, <laughs> so I can sing a lot higher than even Clay. And Clay sings really high. Like I, the parts that Clay has sung on records are high for me. But I also have a very um, high range because I was trained in opera. So um, I even have an octave or so on Clay. Um, but yeah, it of course changes the dynamic because there's just there's more texture.
0: Now, in your solo career, is there a chance that you'll do a duo or a collab, I guess, with Zach Brown and and kind of reverse it like that?
1: Absolutely. Yes. I've written with Zach before. He's co-produced songs on my records. And so hopefully they'll be a part of my, my records to come. And obviously I'll be a part of theirs. So.
0: And you play so many instruments. How did you decide and how did they decide, like, all right, this is the one you're going to play in Zach, right? Do you ever, like, switch it up or is it always the guitar?
1: No, I'm constantly switching it up with them. Obviously, they don't need me. They have a huge band and a very full mix. Uh, so actually finding ways to fit in and contribute is really my ongoing joyful challenge, you know. Um I play a little bit of acoustic guitar, a little bit of B3 organ, a little bit of banjo or whatever they need really electric. I am definitely the utility, you know, utility person. So Clay and Coy, who are the guitar organ players, the primary guitar organ players and lead players, um, you know, they have parts set in stone on the records and so they play those those are the leads and then however i can fit in and add or add behind zach even add an acoustic rhythm track because zach plays a lot of really intricate finger picking um and his acoustic sound is primarily nylon not entirely but he plays a lot of nylon guitar so it's a different texture so just kind of holding down that acoustic rhythm is mostly what
0: I do. So like if somebody is sick on tour, like uh let's say the guy what's the thing that you play on your lap? What's the
1: your lap steel? Let's
0: say someone that plays that can't play. Like do yes. you, is that like the benefit of having you I don't know, like a Swiss Army knife?
1: Hopefully in the future. Yes, actually last year when I first started playing in with the band, um Coy did get COVID and Matt got COVID at some point and um and so we had to do a few shows without them, but I wished I kind of wished at that point that I would have known more of Koi's parts because I, I could have been more of a help. But oh, I, I was see. still so new. Um, but hopefully in the future, yeah, put me in coach kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> have you learned all the parts to all those songs? Is that a challenge what's what's more challenging is going back and relearning that whole library or like um writing and coming up with songs in your solo career?
1: That's a great question. I would say they're equally as challenging in really different ways. Um, going back and learning all the Zac Brown Band songs and being prepared—that's more of a like cerebral challenge, like doing your homework when you're in school. You know, gotcha. it's that kind right. of thing. Of like <laughs> right. you're gonna be you're you're studying for this test for yeah, this yeah. exam. That's what it feels like, and I actually really enjoy that. I was a really diligent student, so I really love that stuff, and I'm pretty good at it. Creating out of thin air is there's an element of magic to it that you can't control. It's easy to control the other thing, you know, that it, but there's an element of creation that's really out of your control. And that's what's so magical and so frustrating and so (laughs) rare about it. That's why we're so lucky. I mean, so few people get to do what I do, but it really is the creativity that makes the difference. So it's something that they're just completely different worlds, you know, but then marrying the two worlds like if you learn the zach brown songs and then you think okay well what can i can create what can i create that adds or contributes to Ah. this very full already created thing you know like like i keep saying they don't need anything (laughs) they don't need me so um knowing when to lay out and knowing when i can add
0: is a skill i got you what is your uh what's your favorite zach brown band song to play live and what's the hardest
1: that's a great question. The hardest, I would say. Hmm, my favorite is "Sweet Annie." I just love playing that song live. I love the harmonies. I love the melody. I love the uh, guitar parts. Um, I would say the hardest Zach Brown band song would probably be "Uncaged." It's a the title track off there. I think it's their second or third, maybe their third record, and um, it's just in this weird time signature that I still don't quite understand intellectually. You just have to feel it. Um, and also they cover Bohemian Rhapsody, which is
0: oh, that's extremely
1: cool. complex and difficult.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about your solo career. Um, yeah. We were playing your song, Come In for, for a while. Yeah. How, Thank you. Yeah, no problem. How was that Seeing How how was the TikTok explosion or whatnot? Was that overnight or was it like, uh, you know, sometimes you'll post a video and you'll go to sleep and then you wake up and you're like, whoa, Was it something like that or was it? No, it was over
1: a few months because there were a bunch of different influencers and dancers and folks that made videos to it. So over a few months, it got going on TikTok, which was really cool. And I'd never had that happen to me before, but I knew that was the song for it to happen on because it's such a sassy lyric. Yeah. And that is right up TikTok's alley. Yeah. I love and, how it
0: just starts like, boom. Yeah. Like, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and um, the chorus lyrics and just, it, it's just very sassy. So I knew that would do well on TikTok and, um, and I'm very grateful. It was my first top 30 hit, which is so exciting.
0: Do you miss any of the aspects of other genres That I know, like you um, wanted, you originally did some pop stuff, or you talk maybe, or some opera stuff you were talking about earlier. Do you? um, But you eventually settled on country. Do you miss any of the other genres? Would you ever poke your head in?
1: Absolutely, I love lots of different genres of music. I think at this point in in the world, we all do. In twenty twenty two, you know, nobody listens to one thing anymore. Very few people listen to one thing. I've always been unapologetic about different influences and different styles. And I also feel like that's the right thing to do, especially in a genre like country that you commit yourself to Mm -hmm. that being honest about your influences and being open and not being ashamed. I feel like sometimes in this genre, people feel a need to, um, I don't know, like be over purified. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a, um, disservice to artists who are actually purists like Mm -hmm. you know you have artists like charlie crockett who are like doing that very traditional country thing or Mm -hmm. even you have more traditionalists like john party and you know that's not me i have a lot of different influences much like the zach brown band and there's room for everyone that's what i i feel so lucky to be having a music career in a time when there's room for everyone and there's room for more influences and more creativity and more different styles and I have my Caroline Jones style, and if people like it, they can listen to it, and if they don't, they can listen to a myriad of other things, and I just think that's such a great thing about this day and age.
0: How was it working with uh, Matthew from Old Dominion?
1: Yeah, he's so great, so talented, and he really took a chance on me and that song, and I'm so grateful, Um, but he just loved that song, and I sent it to him out of the blue. Like I literally DM'd him on Instagram. And, um, yeah. And he said, I'll listen to anything, you know? Uh So I sent him the song and thankfully he loved it. And, um, I'm just so grateful that song is so special to me because that's my, my husband's love story. So the first verse and chorus that Matthew sings is about my husband's life before he met me. And the second verse and chorus is about my life before I met him. And it's just a really, really special song to us. So I'm so proud of it.
0: How is it tackling being on the road, uh, so much with your solo and Zach Brown band and then still, you know, being at home and having a family, you know, your husband. Yeah. And all, yeah.
1: I mean, it's busy, but I'm so grateful. You know, I always wanted to be this busy and I always dreamed of having a, <laughs> having a platform in this genre and in this career and it's happening. So I feel really grateful. And sometimes it's overwhelming. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do it all, but, um, I think that's part of just reaching for the stars. You know, you're always
0: going to be a little stressed about that. What about putting together like an opera country mix? Yes.
1: Yeah. You know, it's so funny <laughs> you say that. Um, I was always, as a kid, I was, I sang opera as a kid and I was, I was just trained that way. And I was so embarrassed. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, sing it's opera like in middle school and high school. I, mean, it's I not was not like, like the oh, popular. No. Right, right, right. Um, but now I'm so grateful because it's the way like my voice stays like knock on wood, obviously, but, My voice stays really healthy because I've trained it so well, and so now I feel like okay, okay. I'm I'm glad I did that. And Zach sometimes talks about he's like we should put some of your opera singing in our music, and um, so you never know. He's really creative that way. He hears things like that. Yeah, dude. I think that sounds so cool. It would. It would.
0: Um, What country artists other than Zach obviously have reached out to you or have um, maybe uh, mentored you or helped you out?
1: It's a great question. I feel really lucky because I truly have mentors to thank for the career that I have thus far. I really got started in touring. So Zach was the first, but Jimmy Buffett was the second. Whoa. He took me on tour and mentored me. I released my first album on his label. And he wrote a song for me called Gulf Coast Girl that I did with him and Kenny Chesney and Lucas Nelson and Mac McAnally. And um, and then Kenny took me on tour.
0: Wow. So I'm
1: I'm kind of a that school, you know, this yeah. Jimmy Penny, Zach school, which is, um, very surreal. You know, it's very surreal because those guys are my heroes and they're obviously Titans in, in this genre and in music. And they're all really special humans. Like Jimmy is, <laughs> Jimmy is like a 15 year old boy in a 75 year old Is he body.
0: always just a party? Is he, he really cool? is. He's
1: so genuinely joyful. And like, to be so creative and so curious and so switched on at 75 when he doesn't have to be doing anything, you know, like he literally could just sit on the beach, but he has that. And he does that, but he also surfs and um, fishes and, and writes and writes books and writes songs and writes albums and writes his set lists. Like every night he's so intent on the set list and like pleasing the audience and, I don't know. He's just such a creative and curious soul. And it's so inspiring to see that. Not even, I don't want to say at that age, because it's not really about age. It's about the amount of decades in the business and how jaded most people get. Like most people (laughs) after a few decades in the business are like, "Ah," Uh you know, and he's just so happy to be creating, to be writing a set. he's not like, Oh, I have to play this song again. He's like, how do we, you know, move this song so that it'll come after this song so that this hits right. And he's just so passionate and it's so invigorating to be around someone like that.
0: Is there a reason why you work with so many beachy people like Kenny, Jimmy?
1: <laughs> um, maybe. I don't really, I've never thought about it like karmically. If there was something that I did beach wise to, I mean, my first album was called bare feet, but it was done before I even met Jimmy. So I do love, I'll say I love the ocean, I love the beach, I'm kind of a hippie, but I think it's more just that I got really fortunate to meet those people and they saw some drive or some fire in me that they recognized and wanted to
0: help me. Okay, but wait, are you doing anything with Jake Owen? Because that would definitely be, because he's like the beachiest. Actually, yeah, I've
1: opened for Jake Owen. (laughs) I've sung on stage with Jake Owen. Yeah, I have actually.
0: The next tour needs to be the beach tour. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) What is next? What do you got going on?
1: Well, we are wrapping up tour for this year. I'm about to go into the studio and, and, um, record my next album, which I'm so excited. I have a really good batch of songs that I'm so excited about. Are they
0: all songs that you wrote or are you parent? Okay.
1: All songs that I wrote or co-wrote. I've, I've co-written a little bit this year, which I really enjoy. And, um, and so that'll come out. I'll have a new song out by January and then, um, I'm going to hit the road, um, By myself in February. And then the Zach Brown tour will start in, we go to um, C2C and CMC in March.
0: Oh, wow. So we're going to
1: go overseas, which is, I haven't, I did C2C in 2019, but I've never performed in Australia. And I'm really excited about that because I'm half Australian.
0: Oh, that'll be cool. My
1: mom's from Australia. So like all my friends and family are so excited.
0: Are you a Keith Urban fan? Huge. Yeah, I love Keith. Have you gotten to work with him?
1: No, but I, he's like on my. Oh, my gosh. He's one of my dreams to work with. He's so talk about he's a lot like Jimmy Buffett, at least from afar. He's so passionate, like he's still so creatively engaged. And I love that. And he's so fearless. Like we talk about different styles Uh and genres like he's so unapologetically fearless creatively. And it's so cool to see how he puts different influences together.
0: Weird question, but when you fly that far, yeah. um, doesn't do doesn't something happen to, like, your guitars and your instruments and stuff?
1: Yeah, actually, that's smart. Um, you have to detune, you have to loosen the strings so that they won't pop from the pressure.
0: Okay, yeah. is that only on certain hours of flights or as soon as I you actually, go? I actually,
1: I don't know the answer to that. Usually, I don't detune my guitars to fly, um, but I'm usually not flying, you know, 21 hours. Um,
0: so this will be one that you detune.
1: I think so. Yeah. And also it's also the dryness that can warp the wood. Um, but if you put a humidifier in your guitar case, you should be.
0: So it's like a deal traveling. It's more than like people think. I mean, when you see a one, at least for me, when I see a musician traveling with a guitar case, you don't really think much of it, but I had another musician tell me before about the traveling with the guitars and the air and the strings and that's.
1: Yeah. And also just what people don't what people also take for granted is just the sheer logistics of moving gear. Like as an independent artist is someone who kind of like me and my team have to take care of all that. I mean, by the time you get to the Zach Brown band level, like they have, you know, they have, they have trucks and they have trailers and they have, and everything, but someone has to organize that. And someone has to figure out, okay, we have a private show in Milwaukee. And then we have tour next day in New York. So like, do we move this rig? Like how the heck do we do that? You know what I mean? Like, because it's one thing to fly with one guitar, but it's another thing when you have a a trailer of gear that can only be moved at the speed of a car, of a car, you know? Right. So then it's like, how do you do that? Do you backline gear? Do you rent where you're going? Do you trailer across the entire country for one day who drives that like so you have do you to rent so a lot of
0: stuff in australia
1: yeah for for those shows i think they'll probably backline a rent but god i don't know i don't know how zach brown band does it because they are obviously on a much bigger scale so maybe they'll fly it over if it's specific gear it's it's all about numbers it's all in the end it's all about what's cheaper because right. it's so expensive to do all that stuff
0: is not crazy. crazy, but it like is. people don't think no, about that. No, you don't. Your just favorite act <laughs> is just knew, there. <laughs> yeah. And if you, if
1: people knew like how much, just how many logistics goes in, like when you, you know, when I wake up in the morning in the bus and I go look at the stage, there's nothing there. Like that's, that's what crazy. people don't realize. There's yeah. no lights. There's no speakers. There's no stage. There's, there's no amps. There's nothing. So someone or not someone, many people, <laughs> dozens of people spend all day putting that together and then they tear it down that night and do it again the next day in a different city it's so wild like to me those are the real people that's like the real work Mm because like i always say i work like three or four hours a day by the time like i've warmed up my voice and gotten ready and then do a three-hour show and then but that's all
0: right that's not hard like
1: there are people who are working like I don't know, 16, 17 hour days every day on tour and it's manual labor. Like it's hard work.
0: Yeah. Those are the guys that are under the stage in hammocks.
1: And the thing, exactly. (laughs) And the thing is that if they don't do it right, there's like, it can be really dangerous. Like if that lighting rig falls on the audience or on the stage or like, like people are getting hurt. So yeah, I always think those people are like, they have the real jobs.
0: Did um did people were people sharing stories about your song come in with you uh, about how it like changed their life or how it affected them in any sort of way or what more was the... so
1: many skies I wouldn't say like come in is a life changing song for
0: people yeah 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 because yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's kind of just a fun sassy song <laughs> but you never know who knows someone might be like I'm done yeah I needed you know that I mean? sass yeah yeah exactly right 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 um but so many skies I think is a really moving song for people they tell me a lot that you know it reminds them of their wife or their husband. Um, and I've even had some people with really specific, cause you know, my husband is a professional sailor. So I've had people with really specific stories be like, I'm a sailor and I never thought I'd find a song. That talks, about it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is this specific and talks about it.
0: Other than uh, Christopher cross sailing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So wait, he uh, like racing. He does like, yeah, he uh, races
1: sailboats around the world. He did. That's um, cool. Four Volvo Ocean Races which is a 9 month race around the world. Yeah, really He's gone intense. for
0: 9 months?
1: Well, not anymore. He doesn't do that particular race anymore. I mean, I hope he doesn't do it again. He's not doing it right now. Um but I yeah, I'm so I'm actually glad I didn't know him then because it's really intense and pretty dangerous and they're just never home and um and, and there's no cell phones. There's no, like, you can hear from them every few days over email. But other than that, you don't really know if they're alive. They're in the what? middle of the ocean. And,
0: yeah. Is that the one that's always on TV, like, once a year? There's always one on TV. I think they... that
1: might be the America's Cup. Oh, that's different. Okay, okay, he did okay. one of those, too. But the Volvo Ocean Race is a little bit more obscure, and it's much more intense. Um, So they'll do nine-month races where they'll do legs of, like, Three weeks sailing and then they'll get to the next place and fix the boat and then they'll do three more weeks and they they go all the way around the world yeah it
0: takes a special person for that huh yeah no, yeah uh, actually
1: people listening you should youtube the volvo ocean race it's really interesting it's amazing
0: i will be in yeah not to do it but to yeah, yeah. To no, YouTube. yeah, that, yeah, yeah. i'm not doing to check that. it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah i'll go on a boat for like an hour that's about it yeah um, well thank you so much for coming by and congratulations on being uh, although you've been in the group for a while but uh, it being official part of the Zach brown van and uh Congrats on the solo career and everything.
1: Thank you so much, Evan. Thanks for having me. This is fun.
0: All right. For this one, we want to bring in Billy Dukes from tasteofcountry.com. Now, you aren't here um, filming it, um, but uh, you listen to it. Let's talk about it.
2: Yeah. Carolyn Jones, I mean, she's an unknown artist as far as a solo artist. She's had one radio song, but she's another one of these artists that have been working for years and years to kind of get, and she mentions it. She's been opening for the Zac Brown Band for like, a decade. That's how that relationship
0: got started. It's crazy to me that it takes that long. Like it's still, and I've been in the music business for a little while and it's still to me is shocking. Like um, the one that got me the most recently was like Lil Nas X. Like when he comes out and and with the song and everything in my head, I'm like, Oh, this kid must've just recorded it on his phone yesterday. But then like when you look at the backstory, like these people like Caroline Jones, they've been going for years and years. What surprised you about Carolyn's
2: interview talking about the Zach Brown band and kind of her uh, becoming a part of that band and, and and really sort of changing the sound. Did any of that sort of surprise you perspective?
0: A little bit um, because mainly because they're putting her vocals on it and, and it's a all guy group. So I, that was my like main thing is I really wanted to know if we would be able to hear it. Um, But she kind of explained, you know, the, the levels of the microphones and stuff like that. And, you know, you, you won't really hear her voice overpowering as much. Um, but I asked her, I was like, you know, could there be a day where there is like, you're, you take the lead on a song, you know? And I thought that was interesting is she's leaving it open for, she doesn't know what will happen. Cause probably 10 years ago when she started playing for Zach Brown, she probably didn't think she would be in the band either, you know? Yeah. I mean, who can really
2: imagine something
0: like that? I
2: mean, the Zac Brown Band are, are really such an interesting band because they've always maintained a really a, a huge amount of popularity live. I mean, their radio success has kind of come and gone, and now they're back again with some great songs on the radio. But they've continued to sell out like Fenway Park, and they tour a lot. But that's a grind. And I think having a new band member who sort of, as she kind of puts it, a Swiss Army knife, um, it, it takes a little bit of, a, of the pressure off a group of guys who have been on the road doing this for dang near two decades now.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have a quarterback that can also play running back, you know, receiver. So, like, I thought it was interesting how she could, if she needed to, step in. And I don't remember what other instruments she played, but if, the like, one of the guys in the band is sick or something, Mm -hmm. she could literally step in and play that. So I, I think that... As a band? Like, that's a no-brainer to have someone that can do that. And it it sounds like she thinks it's only
2: going to help her solo career, which intuitively I'm thinking the opposite because she's going to be committing so much time to this band. But she's still pretty focused on being a solo artist.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, She's definitely going to rack up some miles, you know, and flying back and forth. Did she say that she was trained in opera? Um, I think that's what she said. I think so. Yeah. 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 That's fascinating. Oh yeah. And her education is like crazy. Like, you know, a lot of artists that you come in contact with are just, you know, people that just can just sing, you know, Mm -hmm. her education. If you look into it is like, she like knows how to sing like on paper, you know, and, and she's very educated. Um, and I think that's probably why she can play so many instruments.
2: It's always pretty interesting to me when you kind of come across artists who, like, not only can sing, but like have a legit musical training. Like, yeah. You know, In- Ingrid Andres, yeah. an artist, I don't think anybody would be surprised. Like, she's got a great voice and she's had some legit, like, schooling. I think she went to Berkeley, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And I mean, more than just Belmont University's program. They right, a, right. A great program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take nothing away. But Tyler Farr, um, who's saying, um, Guy Walks into a Bar, uh-huh. opera trained trained in oh. the art of opera. He's like the biggest redneck in the format.
0: <laughs> How does that
2: happen? I, Chris Young, he's like a trained <laughs> jazz musician. Like he had jazz scholarship offers before he pursued country really? music. Really? Yeah. I mean, some of these artists, uh, who's another one that just told me they were, oh, well, she's on The Voice currently, uh, Morgan Miles. Like just... she went to Berkeley before coming to Nashville. Like people, will, they can read music. Do you think that <laughs> helps out? It can, but I often wonder if it
0: hurts too. Like, maybe not in our genre, maybe a little bit, but uh, maybe in all genres. I mean, I, like, I, listen, I, I don't want to listen to a rapper that you know got straight A's. I don't want to listen to uh, yeah. someone sing "Pour Some Sugar on Me" by Def Leppard from the valedictorian, right? You know,
2: like, I think the the metaphor that comes into my mind is like if you are like a chef at a super high-class restaurant in Paris. How much are you going to thrive if you got to kind of back it down and go be the lead cook at the Ruth's Chris
0: Steakhouse? You're right, like, right. That's a good place. Ruth's Chris, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's an
2: expensive meal, but yeah. it's not like...
0: It's going wow. from being the big fish in a small pond to being the small fish in a big pond type scenario. Yeah, it's almost
2: like you're too good for like the common person to appreciate. You're right, you're right. <laughs> You know, you would balk, like, someone like that would balk about, like, having a song that has an apostrophe, or, an an apostrophe instead of spelling it getting with a hard G getting. Right, 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 right. Country, we're a getting kind yeah, of Yeah, you're right. You know? No, no, you're
0: right. So It's more of like a like an, a classy, eclectic side of country. Maybe we're just propping up our own bachelor degrees or
2: high school educations.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're where it's at. 2.0 and go is where (laughs) it's at, man. That's the kind of guy you want. Um, Well, As always, man, we appreciate you listening to Taste of Country Nights On Demand and hanging out with us. Feel free to give us a like, a comment, a rating. All that stuff helps us out. Subscribe. Um, And Taste of Country Nights On Demand is part of the Town Square Media Podcast Network.